Welcome to Sports Cap Radio. It is Wednesday, February 15th, and it is officially the saddest week of the entire year. The week after the Super Bowl. The week where we all just look around and go, well, now what the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> Seriously, what are we going to do? Uh, what 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 do we do, boys? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I can't pretend to like basketball, so... Um, I mean, baseball seasons and like I mean, pitchers and catchers report in like a month, or, or the, I think we may have just reported. Yeah, it's 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 pretty bleak. Uh, NHL is the only thing holding has me holding on. U- UFC is my out, man. Especially after this past weekend's fights, Volkanovski man versus Makachev. It was an incredible card. Uh, definitely one for the ages. So that at least floats me over. But nothing can do it like football, that's for certain. And baseball is definitely not doing the job for me, at least not when we have 181-plus games to go in the season. You know how – have you guys ever seen, like, an event and you haven't read anything about it, but you start to piece together what happened purely through memes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. That- that's well that that's honestly the ufc fight that kurt's talking uh, about i haven't read a single thing about it but i'm just assuming it was a controversial finish um and that people people seem to be it, it is funny though because I, I haven't read anything about it but it it seems like people are pissed off at the decision yeah i mean it was uh volkanovsky went up a weight class and to try to be a double champ and makachev is a guy from dagestan russia which everybody's like they're absolutely unstoppable And he's the champion at this time in his weight class. And at first, he was uh, dominated in the first round. But Volkanovski, I mean, he won three rounds controversially uh, in comparison to what the judges scored. And uh, there was one bad judge scorecard that scored at 49-46 in Makachev's favor. And, dude, it was just no freaking way. Like, if you look at the significant count, uh, strike count, Volkanovski like dominated him there, but he did the Russian thing, tackled him to the ground and controlled the mat for seven plus minutes. And so they just need to vamp up the, the judging and understand what is real damage in a fight, holding a guy down on the ground or doing bloody damage to his face and hitting him with combinations and knees and kicks. So to me, I thought Volk should have taken the win. That's why I can't like invest any, of my attention, time, interest on, in like judge sports. Like there's a winner and there's not. Like I can't stand. Like it's the reason why I never got into boxing. It's the reason why I never got into UFC when it started picking up. Is because you all you. I feel like the only time I ever hear about UFC is when a decision's like was blown. It was still worth it. And then the fight under that, the co-main, Yair Rodriguez, this kid was fucking unbelievable. To do yourself a favor, go back and watch the highlights of his fight. It, it, this it's. That is fireworks through and through. And this this card, they didn't miss. I understand there's some cards where it's a snooze fest. You fall asleep before the end. Uh, but this one, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, um, XFL is is super hit or miss for me because um, if, 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 if someone will offer to like host it at their house and I can sit there and be comfortable, especially if someone like offers to come over to my house and pay for it and I just can sit in my house and enjoy it, I'll drink a beer. I'll order some pizza and watch UFC. Uh, the shitty thing is when UFC was first taking off, I used to always get brought to bars and they'd just be crowded as bars, like, you know, the wing house on Olmerton and shit like yeah. that. And you'd sit there and you'd wait and you wait and you wait and you watch these undercards. You watch these undercards. And sometimes 
the final match just delivered and it was sick as fuck. And I was like, okay, I think I can really get in the sport. But then I, a couple times, dude, you know what I'm talking about with those bars where it's just crowded as fuck. People gathered around like uh, at one point, Winghouse was like projecting it out in the parking lot. And so just like huddled masses. And then when the when the final match or whatever they call it, the, the main card, when it didn't deliver and it so often doesn't um that that's my problem with with the ufc because those fights they don't even start until sometimes like almost midnight well dude and then in those situations you got the sweaty overweight guys and tap out shirts like oh man i would have fucking hit him with the one two three punch it's like fuck that i'm never going out to watch it that's the thing like when i'm I'm, like (laughs) determining sports and i mean tampa like we have the worst like some of the worst sports fans like Mm -hmm. i'll sit in a lightning game and just hear shit the whole time and i'll be like you're an idiot. Nope, yep. that's wrong. So to like cohabitate with like your average UFC fan, I would rather get a colonoscopy. Like- <laughs> so that's the interesting part about UFC for to me is that the the fans are uh, quite the mix. Um, they're fans like like Kurt and Huey who actually kind of know what they talk talk they're talking about, and they they've kind of studied it, and uh, they're kind of almost have like an intellectual take to it. And then there's just fucking idiots. Um, and the, there's, the, there's the people who needed something to hold them over between NASCAR season. Yep. The bros. The, the McDojo Mc crew. If you ever follow that page online, those guys, it, it's awful. Well, it's, and it's, it, it is, it's, it's kind of just the, the, the Joe Rogan people who listen to Joe Rogan. Like that's the UFC split because there are people that listen to Joe Rogan that are are standable they're not complete idiots they don't completely they don't first of all they don't go for it for their takes they go for it for entertainment and then there's people that literally go to joe rogan and <laughs> that's where they get everything that's where they get all their opinions from <laughs> yeah yeah they they did a uh, podcast of that volkanovsky fight where they like do a fight companion and they all freaked out they thought that he should have won as well so they did like a timed up podcast sync with that and uh, for Rogan's podcast, that one actually was pretty cool to see them talk about it, too, because those guys are freaking black belts in jujitsu. They know what the fuck they're talking about. And they were all in Volkanovsky favor. Oh, yeah. I the, mean, the last UFC fight I think I watched was uh, Brock Lesnar versus I think it was Heath Herring <laughs> back Big in like Brock. 2008 or nine or whatever. It was during football camp and, and they uh, they bought the fight for us. So we all went in the film room and watched it. And that was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, I, instead of watching the undercard shit that I don't care about, like I was playing Halo and eating ice cream, like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so yeah, this is sports gap radio. Uh, it is officially not football season. So for the rest of this off season, we're going to be scrambling together for content. We don't like to keep it analytical because who the fuck cares about what we have to say. So it's going to get pretty random from here on out. But I do got to say, when COVID hit, um, we were still recording the podcast. We put out some of the best episodes we ever put out. So I'm kind of excited for the, uh, the, like, what the fuck do we talk about every week? That's that's kind of fun to me because, yeah, football, we could talk about football every week and that's fun, but it's almost too easy. So now we got, now we got to struggle for it. And I do, I do want to touch on just a few. Just a few things for the Super Bowl. It's already late in the week, so I don't want to get too much into it. But I got to tell you, man, this James Bradbury story really it piss, it pisses me off and it grinds my gears. As someone who watches a team that always falls short and who always needs an excuse why we fell short, 
fuck you, James Bradbury. If you hold in the most crucial play that determined the biggest game of the season, you don't say shit. Or you deny it and you act like it's bullshit so that you can give your fans ammunition. You have to give them reasonable deniability. They have to, for the rest, for the next 20 years, the Eagles might not win another Super Bowl. And you have to give the Eagles fans that opportunity to say it's because of this play. But now Chiefs fans are going to say, even James Bradbury said it was a hold. So <laughs> I, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this. It pisses me off. So when I heard that James Bradbury just admitted it, I go, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah, sometimes uh, the best thing to say is uh, nothing at all, right? That's yeah. how the old saying goes. And all James Brad Bradbury had to do was shut the fuck up because everybody was on his side, the entire sports world. Pat McAfee put out his thing. You can't make that call. Went yeah. completely viral. Everybody was on their side. Dude, sometimes even if you felt that way, shut your mouth, move on, and let everybody have their peace talk or their war talk, I should say. And let it go. But to to come out and say it was holding, that's like you could go back and take every play from the game and go, that was holding. That was a face mask. That was this. It's like, dude, just shut up. Let it ride. Yeah. I mean, at first I was like, man, I like a guy taking accountability. But the more I thought about it and you're looking at it from that position, it's like, you know, it's just as easy to say, hey, I I try to make a play on the ball. I was trying to, you know. To, to, to challenge the route and the referee made the call you made like it's just as easy to say that and just kind of you know punt it yeah give your fans something man because the last thing we need is give Chiefs fans more ammo they're the fucking the oh. worst they went from zero to 60 and in the worst way and it's like just you're you're, you're like a midwest state be midwestern did i know you, i know you guys saw jackson mahomes make his reappearance at the super bowl you didn't think he was going to go unnoticed in that in that win. <laughs> oh, they probably had a deal. Like, just <laughs> let me do it. And it is it is funny. Like, the one season that his wife and Jackson shut the fuck up, he went to all. Um, Coincidence? I think not. But yeah, so it's it almost seems like the and if and if you hear jet noises, I'm I'm in Virginia Beach and there's there's a lot of flyovers. Um, the, the the Jackson the whole fan base is turning into like Jackson and Brittany Mahomes like they're taking on this like weird cringy cockiness and it's ugh, they're they're rapidly becoming the most annoying fan base in all sports. Poor Andy Reid, he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> I don't think Andy Reid gives a fuck because because he all he deals with is Patrick Mahomes. And let's face it, dude, I almost I, I think we talked about it last week, but I almost admire Patrick Mahomes. Because he's such a cool, likable guy, but like it's almost admirable that he can just stick by his family despite the fact that they're pretty awful. He's just resilient, man. You got to give it to him, and he he performs when it matters most. Because he definitely was shot up a toradol in that ankle, that's for sure during that Super Bowl. Oh yeah, that had to hurt so bad. Get that vitamin T in you. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, <clears throat> some more fallout from from you know the the aftermath of that. We get uh, Juju going after uh, Bradbury uh, with a little you know mock val- Valentine's Day card. Yep. Of all the people, and I really like AJ Brown's like you know kind of line on this. Like, okay, you guys won, congrats, but you're not that guy. Like, nope. stop it. Like, you're you're not that guy. You you lucked into a situation. You in an offense that has almost no wide receiver talent. He still didn't, doesn't get the football on a regular basis. Like just shut the fuck up and be glad you won a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, this is the part where uh, you got to make like, what what's his name? Uh, Gordon, who got on the Chiefs at the last bit. And he said, hey, man, I got carried to the Super Bowl. It's like, you got to do the same thing here, Juju. Let, let's look at the stats for the season. The guy posted 19 TikToks compared to his three touchdowns on the season. So how much did you really do in this situation? Uh, Juju, just like when he was on the Steelers, I got no love for the guy or any of the TikTok dancing fools in the NFL. I'm, I'm out on this guy. I Dude, I love A.G. Brown, and this is maybe the the clapback of the fucking century. And in a loss... It's a tough it's a it's a tough thing to do to lose and still have the better clap back. Like it's almost impossible if you think about it from what grounds you're standing on. Um, I'll, I'll just read the tweet first off. So Juju tweets out uh, this Valentine's Day card. I'll hold I'll hold you when it matters most, which is Bradbury. And uh, Juju Smith says, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. AJ Brown retweets it and says, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok TikTok boy. He admitted he grabbed you, but don't act like that. Don't act like that or ever was. But congratulations again. It's the the TikTok boy. Like, he has officially branded Juju Smith ever. And I, 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 I I picture Juju, like, you know, going to the Super Bowl parade this week. And he runs into Jackson Mahomes, and Jackson's like, "Hey, I heard you TikTok, boy. Did we just become best friends?" <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's my moniker. Dude, dude, he's got a coin, just like a slant boy, like Michael Thomas. Now we got TikTok boy. It's it's perfect. And who better to do it than AJ Brown, who's just a freaking straight alpha at the position, absolute beast mode, dude, and one of the highest paid guys at the position. So. Uh, he's got the clout to talk, and the reason why he was able to do it is because there was congratulatory set like message in his tweet. Uh, but yeah, Juju, he's got no no platform to stand on there at all. Definitely not. Nope. And, and and who else on that team? Uh, not Juju. Who was it? Um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. That's never mind. It's unimportant. I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. Yeah, but it's interesting too because, it, and, and you're seeing it's it, they've been the play, players have been surprisingly vocal through this playoffs. I mean, you saw Robbie Gold of all people uh, calling out, you know, the Eagles saying, you know, if you if you stop or if you make Hurts uh, play a quarterback, you're going to be in a good shape. Like, okay, so is that more about like the Eagles or your defense? Like, who 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 are we calling out here? Yes. But it's just it's a little. I mean, it's more interesting. You know, you don't get the the kind of status quo cliche answers. Uh, I'm all about some heel turns and some bad guys and some, you know, some storylines in the NFL. Well, I think that's what it's turning into. It's a WWE style thing. Even if it's not TikTok, it's definitely the social media presence and uh, controversy is currency with that. And that, that's also leads to clicks. And so that's why you see a lot of these guys turn into that. I mean, think about the Bengals even before that Chiefs game, the stuff that they were saying, Burrowhead, all these different things and these different monikers, it, it definitely gets the people riled up and fans ready for the game. So it's almost like prize fights and things like that too when they build it up. And uh, you're seeing a lot more of that in the league. I just yeah, know right. J.J. Watts sitting somewhere in Arizona just trying to figure out how we can make this about him. <laughs> uh, s- somehow he's going to steal the X- whatever thunder the XFL gets this weekend. He's going to find a way to steal. steal oh, 100%. <laughs> I guarantee like, he has an XFL-related tweet this weekend. 
tweets out something like, oh, maybe maybe I'll come out of retirement to play in the XFL. That that would literally dominate the headlines for the entire weekend if he just tweeted that out. Yep. You know, I've always wanted to be an owner, and uh, what better way to jump back into football than in the partial owner in the XFL? <laughs> or he just tweets the a picture of like some random guy that was on like the Arizona Cardinals practice squad for a weekend, like a picture with him that yep. playing in the XFL. <laughs> yep. No, him, him photoshopped in one of the team's jerseys, just straight up, just posts him photoshopped in the team's jersey, no caption, no anything. No, he probably showed up at the XFL draft and made sure to get a picture with every single player. So whatever player gets headlines this week for having a bunch of highlights, he could be like, I remember when I met Chris and we had a great conversation. <laughs> I love dude. I think we're I think we're officially because I was I, I was listening to some podcasts um, over the last few weeks and JJ Watt was on two of them. And I think we are now officially the only podcast that hates JJ Watt. <laughs> and I and I and I and I actually love that about us because. I think other people just kind of suck up to him, dude. Straight up, he's 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 fake as fuck. And, he does so and he does weird. so many good things, but it's it just it's yeah. so performative. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's just dude, like I, the Rock. The Rock does a bunch of good shit. No, kind of he's just kind of cringe. Yep, it's a match made in heaven. Really, he like he has to tweet about the XFL or get involved somehow. He has to. Right, they're the same guy. You made the comparison the other week. They are exactly the exact same person, yep. JJ and The Rock. They really are. They really are. Um, but so this week is also, it's not just the uh, end of the NFL season or anything like that. It's also annual is Eric Bienemy. Why isn't Eric Bienemy getting hired as a head coach week? Um, it happens every year. It's literally happened every year for like the last four seasons, which is kind of crazy. Um, and it's 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 a really funny uh a little exercise that we run because I love that people pretend like they don't know why he's not getting hired and no, it's not why you think um, it's not actually not at all. Why you think why, why, why is a two time Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator not getting hired? Hmm. Well, for starters, he has multiple incidences of brutally being violent towards women. So that's a pretty big red flag. He has several DUIs in his past. Uh, oh, and by the way, he doesn't actually even call plays. Um, and if and if you look at the uh, if you look at Andy Reid's coaching tree, it's really outside of Doug Peterson, it's not really that successful at all. So yeah. so even even scrap just just push aside all the things I said at first about him being violent towards women and and trying to make that the head of your organization. Like this guy has a bunch of different red flags, and now he's thinking of going to 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 Washington. Why? Perfect fit with the uh, front office organization. So <laughs> send him right in with Danny Snyder, right? I yeah, mean, Snyder, I, bud. I, he just, I think he they, just gives they, so much like sidekick energy. Like anytime you see him and Andy Reid together, like he just lo- he, he it just seems like he's Robin to Batman, and like that's yeah. not that's not who's going to take over a, a franchise. You're like you're not he's not going to be the executive guy calling the shots, delegating. Like he just seems like a sidekick. And some guys are great coordinators, and and, and maybe. Again, we don't know what he does from an install standpoint. It's always hard, to, you know, when, when you're the coordinator that aligns to the coach's strength. Like any defensive coordinator, Bill Belichick, like you're going to question, like, what do they really do? What do they know? Who's are they just a figurehead? You know, delegating, taking some of the the effort and some of the workload off of them. So you, we don't know, but I just I do know with that with you know kind of that history 
there's another le- whole another level of scrutiny once you become a head coach. You're the face of that franchise. You know, you and the the quarterback are, are kind of the joint faces of the franchise. And that level of scrutiny, like he's going to get torched. He should just stay under the radar, be an offensive coordinator, you know, make his whatever million dollars a year, and and just kind of cruise on that. Yeah, to stay in the background if he knows what's good for him. But he's actually complained pretty vocally when he hasn't gotten his coaching jobs. And I think Shannon Sharp was going to bat for him uh, about the issue. I think you're leaning towards at the beginning of this uh, this take, Drew, with uh, the enemy. So I don't know, man. Like you said, Eric, Derek, with character, you can't have the, the head coach there. You got to drive respect from the players. And if you don't, just imagine where that locker room's run into. Uh, the guy is, isn't black, blacklisted in the league by any means. He's on a Super Bowl winning team. And he would be exposed, in my opinion, if he does go to head coach at some organization. So I'm not betting on Eric Bieniemy, uh character-wise, coach-wise, or all the above. And, and yeah. even the players are not like they're not vocally his own players don't seem to vocally go, root for him either. And yeah. a lot of the 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 you know adulation goes to to Andy Reid when they talk about you know the game plan working this or whatever. It's always you know big red. It's it's Coach Reid. It's it's it. No one's ever really saying oh you know Eric Bieniemy is the reason why we got here. You'll see you know occasionally, but I would say there's probably a disproportionate number of voices that come out against him. Is for him as far as former players. And, Listen, and guy, we, you've had Pat Mahomes, you've had Tyree Kill, you've had Travis Kelsey. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it, dude. This guy, he's he's been carried by a lot of other people and riding the coattails, in my opinion. And I hate to I hate to backtrack on on takes on, from this podcast, but we talked about fat guys and coaching, and what did we talk about? You have to be a jolly fat guy. Eric Bieniemy, not a jolly fat guy. He's more he's more of a Matt Patricia like show up he always looks like he's just showing up hungover fat guy and and we know you got to be jolly you got to be happy looking like he looks like an angry fat guy he looks angry the enemy looks like he's got the mush face always mad just i I don't i don't like it he does he he gives me matt patricia vibes like like kind of like hanging out outside 7-eleven like about to ask you for change vibes (laughs) (laughs) he just kind of looks sloppy sometimes and some sloppy coaches have been good but I don't. I don't think it's him. Yep. Agreed. Uh, so today we're doing something a bit interesting. We're going to be one of the only podcasts to do an XFL preview. And before you run away, it's <laughs> we're not going to take this too seriously. Um, we we basically read up on the XFL, uh, and we're just kind of going to briefly give an overview of what the XFL is going to be this season, um, because. Hey, it is interesting. It is football, and I'll be damned if I'm going to be watching the NBA. It's not fucking happening. It's not fucking happening. Don't run away. Google Danny Garcia, The Rock's ex-wife, who's the president, CEO of the XFL, and uh, take a look because this lady will rip your damn head off. She is absolutely cock diesel jacked, bro. And, and if when you oh it's Danny with one N by the way because I just I just googled Danny with two N's and uh, it's, some it's, random it's like hedge fund manager. <laughs> Jeez, what a beast! Some <laughs> random stock bro. What my baby God. came out of that with the rock sperm? Holy oh my crap. lord! Good lord, she's like the size of the rock in like every way. <laughs> Holy shit! In some aggressive Dude. sex, man, like sparks flying. <laughs> 
And what kind of dirt does she have on the rock to get this position as his ex-wife? He has not he has a current wife. So what kind of dirt does she got on our boy right now to pull this off? No, the the, the rock totally strikes me as the type of guy that has cringy, awkwardly close relationships with his exes. Yes. He I don't I don't think I don't think he could tolerate somebody not liking him. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Like he is probably just like overly cordial and accommodating and it's like sorry things didn't work out can I do your dry cleaning <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly let's let's be real the rock he has be, like absolutely become a mega star unbelievable amounts of money and this guy's smart his business team is smart and they know the pr of a female heading up the next level of the football league is big time for the league and for people and what better way to try to drive pr than that way because uh, let's just be honest. The past XS- XFL has not done its thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I do. Th- just in terms of the past, though, I do think the last iteration uh, is a little bit unfair to judge it, but just purely based on that, um, by all indications, it, it was already fully funded for the following year. And honestly, the arrangements that they made and the arrangements that they made again with the stadiums that they're playing in are pretty incredible. Like a lot of these stadiums are just letting them play for free. Um, in hopes that it takes off and turns into a, a money venture. That's what Raymond James did for the Vipers a couple of years ago. Like Raymond James just gave it to him for free. Um, and so they were completely funded for the following year. I mean, COVID really just took it down. So who knows what would have happened? Um, uh, and, you know, I, I have no, no, you know, I don't think this thing is actually going to be successful, but I do think it could probably hang around for three or four years. But I think I think we should start this off by let's just go through the teams, the team names, because some of them are, are are pretty good. Some of them are are, are callbacks from the, the previous season, and some of them are laugh out loud bad. So let's start with the Arlington Renegade Renegades. That's a new city, right? That's that that, that was not in the previous XFL. Right. I don't believe not, that was not still. I mean, a, a sports team. That's where the Rangers play. Yep. Uh, the, the baseball Texas Rangers. So you know, obviously a sports city. Solid name, you know, and and it's Texas, man. Texas could support five football teams. Like I, I I'm not worried about football in Texas. Which is ironic you say that because they have three of the XFL teams. Right, three of the eight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, the Arlington Renegades. So they did some. Uh, one thing that they found out in the last XFL season is that teams that occupied already existing NFL markets did the worst. Yep. But like the St. St. Louis team in the last X felt was selling out every single Yeah, they time. were selling like 45,000 seats. Yep. <laughs> the Battle Hawks. Yeah, the the Battle Hawks were 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 cr- like their fans were were wild and it's probably going to be the case again. Yep. Well, so there's Arlington, some butthurt Arlington's fans. a good choice. There's some butthurt fans in St. Louis, too, and they lost the Rams. They were trying to make a statement, too. They said right when they opened up season tickets, they were flooded immediately. That was that was impressive. But I mean, but it makes sense. I mean, down you don't want to occupy the same city and now it just becomes year round football. And as, as great as that sounds, it's not like it's year round NFL football. It's year round just football. You know, this this is, you know, college level football, really. You know, this is they're basically playing like SEC football. Right. And Ar- Arlington is kind of a cheap shot, though, because uh, it, it, Arlington is essentially Dallas. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's pretty much just like a suburb of Dallas. So it is kind of funny to call them the Arlington Renegades. But here's 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 the good news, Cowboys fans, if you're listening. 
The Arlington Renegades are currently the Vegas odds futures favorites at plus 450. So that begs the question, could we actually see a championship for Dallas this year? <laughs> I mean, I did- Are they owned by Jerry Jones? Because <laughs> if the answer is no, then the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> they got a good chance. Yeah. Well, a Dallas player did get to see the uh, the field in the Super Bowl here this year. That's true. It was nice. It was nice. That was you know for Dak to make his first Super Bowl appearance. Incredible, and, and, <laughs> and get all the Philly fans booing the fuck out of him. They were so mean to him, and I fucking love that. See that, that, and that's 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 the thing. When we were talking about Kansas City being an awful fan base, they're not good at being awful. You know what I'm saying? And that that that's they're the cringy. And, yeah, yeah, they're they're just and it's like yeah. oh, everybody's against us. It's like nobody thought about you five years ago. Yep. Like, <laughs> Dude, not to get off on a tangent, but that was the for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. I know. Too. I know. <laughs> I was at a Super Bowl party. You were like, "Why are they? Why are they booing him?" I'm like, "Um, because it's Philadelphia and, <laughs> and Dallas." And they're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." I'm like, "I love it." <laughs> it, it like the the Chiefs fans remind me of like a, the dorky fucking kid in high school that randomly gets a really nice car when he's like 17, and like all of a sudden he's got a huge head about him, and it, and he's even like dating girls just for his car. Like it, it's like, dude, we, we we remember what you were. We remember what you were. But moving on, so second odds favorite favorites for Vegas, and I think this is I think the Rock bought the entire XFL for this team. The San Antonio Brahmas. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Rock bought the ent- an entire league to essentially name a team after himself. <laughs> it's pretty fucking amazing. But so two Texas teams, both atop the odds odds list. Um, what do you guys think about this name, Brahmas? Uh, I had to look up what it was. It's a breed of chicken. I was say, oh, clue it is. Me in. Clue yeah. me in. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I, I assume that's what it's named after. A Brahma is a chicken. I, I don't know if it's something else. I think I, it's supposed to be the Brahma bull. Is it a bull? Okay. Well, that's yeah. then. But it's also a breed of chicken. So I was a little, uh, a little confused <laughs> there. But yeah, I, 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 I guess bull. Yeah, sure. San Diego, close to Baja, California. You know, I get it. Maybe chicken fighting. <laughs> I get where you're going, Derek. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I I did Google Brahmas, and the first thing that came up was chickens. But if you look, if you look, if you look at the logo, it definitely in 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 the rock. His uh, yeah, his signature thing was the Brahma bull. So I Got think it. I I like I choose to believe it's it's just a fucking I mean, definitely looks like thing a bull. The rock is doing. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm surprised it didn't just use his like tattoo logo instead. <laughs> <laughs> so the St. Louis Battlehawks are back. They're they're number three. They're actually tied with the with with the Brahmas at plus five hundred. Um, and I think it's really important, honestly, for XFL to make St. Louis good. You know, they play in the same stadium that the Rams used to. I don't know if you guys yep. knew that or not. Yep. So uh, that's and they're still the Battlehawks, which I I. I I, I thought that was one of the dumbest names last time around. I've kind of come around to it a little bit. I think they did so much with it that now you're like, oh, they got to be the Battlehawks. Like, right. You know, now that there's on, on version three, like version two, they did so much with it. And uh, again, like just a monstrous fan base. I'm all for it, man. With the sword, with the wings on the outside. It's almost it a Zelda. sick logo. Name it's doesn't really Zelda. make sense. Like if you think about Battlehawk, you're like, you can say battle anything like battleship, but like the logo is sick. When you're putting an Excalibur sword with angel wings on the side, I'm all about it. Let's roll. Honestly, 
Battle Hawks, let's ride. No, (laughs) straight up, though, that's actually one of my favorite parts about the XFL is that they don't even fuck around. Like, they don't try to be, like, super original with these names. They're just straight up uh, Madden teams that you designed when you were high as fuck in your dorm room, you know, in in 2008. And I kind of fucking admire that. Like, I'd be, like, you know, high as shit, uh, playing Madden, be like Midnight. Uh, I, I, I just moved my stadium to like Mexico city or something like that. And I'm just like, fuck it. The Mexico city snakes. <laughs> Dude, these, these are the generic team name logos. Like the ones when you pull up the logo, it's the actual team name or you do a random creation and this is what comes up. You yep. don't even make these yourself. It's just like, it's like a, N- any given team. Sunday. You guys remember what you guys remember what the, the default team was if the Tiburon if sharks the Tiburon sharks yep <laughs> yep and which yep. brings me to the most maddening name of them all the Seattle Sea Dragons and they, they existed in the last iteration and they have hideous jerseys it's just it's 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 it, they're pretty hard to, to look at they are but like I mean we just had like a, a, a you know blue chip league professional team call themselves the Seattle Kraken so I think Sea Dragons is like a step up because one, I'm all for alliteration. I love alliteration. And two, like a Sea Dragons equally believable and, and legitimate and real as a Kraken. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's kind of they're kind of their uniforms are kind of tacky and flashy, which is which yes. is very Seattle. So it does work. Yes. I do yeah. admit it works. Um, and then uh, R.I.P. This this one is 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 really close to my heart it makes me sad the las vegas vipers at plus 650 of uh, vegas odd fucking ripoffs man formerly the tamp you'll never have a fan base like the tampa vipers i'm sorry we went we we won one game baby and we were just about ready to start our run before covid shut it all down Vegas Vipers say, are, are a fucking joke, dude. They don't even have a stadium yet. It's to be announced. TBA. They don't even have a stadium yet. Trying to really? take our name. It's hilarious. How are they not playing? Was it a Legion or whatever? Or whatever? I can't remember what that Roomba looking thing is. But yeah, yeah, right, dude. They can't afford to play in that stadium. There's yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Mark Davis is looking at them like, no fucking way. You're gracing. I'll your- say. I had a fucking blast at Viper Games, man. Oh yeah, dude, definitely. It was so fun. So, so now, do we have to follow the Viper name? Are we Vegas Viper fans or are we Orlando Guardian fans? I I think, which which brings us to the to the next name, Orlando Guardians, who are actually dead last in odds, by the way. I think we just go to an Orlando. We at, at some point we go to an Orlando Guardians game with, with, with all our Viper, Viper gear. gear. <laughs> <laughs> and, just, and, just, and just pretend they're still the Tampa Bay Vipers. You have to do the the good the white Goodman thing yep, and yeah. everything. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and, and anytime anyone comes up to us, like, dude, why are you in spandex right now? Uh, and 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 you have a bunch of Viper shit on. Be like, the fucking Tampa Vipers. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to steal our team. They moved to Orlando. God damn it. We're not going like to stand for do they really not have a stadium? You would think. Well, it is kind of funny, dude. The XFL is, is such a rinky dink operation. Like they haven't even converted over the Wikipedia page yet. <laughs> oh, like from like 2.0 version? No, oh, if, awesome. if you wiki the Vegas Vipers, it's still pretty much just the Tampa Bay Vipers. It still says home stadium. Um Raymond James. Oh, it's Cashman Field is their stadium. 
Okay. Which looks like it's just like an abandoned baseball field in Vegas. <laughs> Holy shit. Google Cashman Field. It's actually pretty funny. Is that awesome. in Vegas? That's in Vegas? Yeah. Where are the uh, Guardians playing? Are they playing where like the, the soccer team plays? Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it used to be Camping World. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen a game there. It's honestly a great place to see a game. Um, so when when you think of the just I, I don't know how much research you guys have, but when you think Orlando Guardians, what kind of mascot are you thinking for for a guardian? Like what what is a guardian? I I think like the guard like the 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 Cleveland Guardians. I don't I, I have no idea what is a guard. The, well, the, so the you guardians, would, you would think it would be like like a knight or like some kind of like armored something. It's a fucking bear. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> like why is it a bear? <laughs> Exactly, dude. It's just a Madden thing. They like they had the logo for the bear, and they had the name Guardians already ready to go and trademarked. And so they're like, "Fuck it, put them together." Yep. Yeah, I was like, "Okay, so Florida Bears, like, sure, I guess, like, up in the Panhandle, but like, not in fucking Orlando." I'd love to see the budget. <laughs> the budget for the team's logo is very yeah, minimal. Yeah, the, the creative budget was like four fourteen thousand dollars <laughs> so we we stole it's funny because they, they they bust tampa's team to vegas and then they bust new york's team to tampa or to orlando so I, I i love it dude it's like they're just throwing this shit together and I, I can't wait for it and then uh one of the most successful teams of the last iteration uh the houston roughnecks are plus 700 and the dc defenders those are both existing teams from last time let's Which, let's talk about some of these let's talk about some of these players um what 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 guys kind of jumped out at you like some some dudes that I, I saw that i'm just like holy fuck that person's still alive i mean <laughs> matt elam's is is obviously one of the bigger names in this iteration defensive secondary not necessarily a sexy pick uh right. especially safety like i don't know like you know i, I don't think it's gonna be a really uh, efficient passing league uh so i don't know how much you know the safety is gonna gonna play a factor the one name that jumped out on me uh looking at orlando's roster trying to see if i'm gonna be an orlando fan is eli rogers from the uh pittsburgh steelers i feel like a shifty little slot guy like that could dominate in a league like this speed demon with that guy the the, the name that stuck out to me was uh, somebody near and dear to my heart with what he likes to do in his recreational activities uh josh gordon uh, don't ever say he's going to die because this guy's football career will be resurrected through any kind of league possible. And uh, I want to see if there's any, uh, you know, parlay bets or some kind of bets for Josh Gordon over under how many uh, games before he quits or gets kicked off the team. Because I don't think that guy's ever finished a season in his football career. Yeah, it's I'm going to give you I'm actually going to give you two names. One guy is just becoming a secondary league legend. And he was actually on the Vikings practice squad for a while. Every Vikings fan loves this guy. He was on our practice squad for one off season and everyone's obsessed with him. In fact, I'm in so many Vikings groups because I'm obviously I'm a fan that when this guy was playing in the USFL last year, like Vikings fans were actively rooting for him. Like that's what a Colt favorite Kyle Sloter has become, um, who was almost the MVP of the USFL uh, season last year. And that's what's kind of funny about the XFL is like the USFL is going to start like right after the XFL. So a lot of these players are just going to be playing in both leagues. Um, and that's going to be pretty funny to watch. Like they're almost going to get a full NFL season of playing time in. Like that's, that's a lot of opportunities for, for a lot of these castaways. And like guys like Ben DiNucci, 
uh, which which kind of stuck out. Um, like Ben DiNucci was starting games for the Dallas Cowboys just fucking two years ago. Um, you're telling me this guy couldn't become like the the MVP of the XFL this year? I don't not know, man. I, Cooper, I, I love I love secondary leagues. I really do. Not when Cooper Rush comes for his job when he gets cut from the NFL. <laughs> I uh, I have one more name I'm super excited about. And again, not not a sexy position. Not something you'd really talk about. I'm really pumped to see Marquette King on a football field again. Oh hell yeah, dude! Yeah, awesome he's, playing, guy. He's, he's playing for Arlington, and he's one of those guys. I'm like, I never understood why he wasn't in the NFL anymore. The dude literally went from from like averaging like 46 yards a punt to like not in the league. And, it was uh, like blackball, dude, for sure. Like, there's yeah, got to yeah, be yeah. something. He's either that or he's too much of a distraction. But so, so they going? have started doing some interviews now that the season's about to start, and he basically heavily insinuated that there that he is like pursuing possibly like a discrimination claim against the NFL. Something happened in that organization, um, and I mean that was under Gruden, right? So <laughs> there could be some, <laughs> there could be some fire there. <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and believe that story yeah. before it even develops. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dude, yeah. Another another, another uh, name in the league, first-round pick Vic Beasley, uh, outside edge rusher for the Falcons, man. It's, there's some there's some big names in the league coming up here, and I don't know if these guys are just collecting a paycheck or we're going to see some uh, Calvin Ridley-style uh, gambling issues going on in the XFL as the league falls apart. We'll, we'll see coming up. It should be fun to watch. Well, so this guy headlined a bunch of memes this just last offseason. But do you guys know who Diego Fago is? I do because he went to Navy and I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> his last name is la- all right. So so what we're going to see with the XFL, his last name is spelled F-A-G-O-T. Yeah. Um, what, so what we're going to get with the XFL is not only like like throwaway players. We're also going to get throwaway commentaries or comment. <laughs> commentators and i can't wait for someone to who's the first guy to trip one. up on that one because <laughs> he's a i mean he's a linebacker so he's a, i mean and, and in all fairness like he dude's a stud like he uh, the only reason i hated him when he's a navy because he fucking gave us a hard time dude uh i was super excited that he graduated dude's an absolute stud uh but i there's a hundred percent gonna be some commentator who came comes in underprepared didn't look over his his sheet and then trips up on that one <laughs> It's it's gonna be glorious. I can't wait. I can't wait for that moment. I can't wait. And do we have a possibility of a uh, Josh Johnson uh, resurrection after his uh, performance in the NFC Championship? Why not? Is he not on a roster? I just assumed he was. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought he was actually. I was trying to look it up. I couldn't find it. I know he was prior to being signed by the 49ers. He was supposed to be in the XFL. I was like, I mm. bet you. I bet you he gets on a team. Do we think that the XFL lasts long enough for Trey Lance to end up on a roster? <laughs> uh, yes, and I actually, um, I, I think what they needed to yes, th- there's just some guys, and it, it is it is a funny joke, but it's it's probably true about a lot of these guys. Like you can just see some guys that are going to be drafted or are, have already been drafted. They're like, yeah, that guy's going to be great in the XFL. And so I was, I was saying, just go ahead and name the XFL MVP trophy, the Stetson Bennett trophy. (laughs) He's ready to start a dynasty with some XFL team. That's what that guy's destined for. For sure. Dude, I wish the XFL would bring back the old style nicknames on the back of the jerseys. Like, 
why can't we have that from that was one of the coolest things from the beginning xfl like i wish they would bring back like the names like he hate me with from rod smart dude that was one of my favorite guys of all time like absolutely like wwe style and, and i think it would definitely br- drive some people to the games and i feel like bring- that's the only one people remember so like was it that good of an idea <laughs> well because his his was one of the best that was why but yeah, the yeah, reason yeah. why they weren't that great they literally let the players pick their own names like <laughs> you need to have like a pr person go through it and get these guys something uh, yeah so so i have a, a list of names for you why don't you pick the best one from here and the guy's like no 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 i want this like but i have a list so <laughs> yeah that's not gonna work foul well, either the, that or go the very the very original iteration of the XFL was fucking hilarious because they're they're basically doing all the things that just could get them just absolutely sued out of their socks now. Like, hey, you know all those things we did to protect players? We're doing none of them. <laughs> yes, bring back the the ball at the fifty yard line and have two players run full speed at each other, <laughs> and whoever gets the ball, that's who gets it for the first half. Dude, That's that, the kind of shit I want to see. That was insane. And we're, we're going to go over some of the rules because they changed the rules again. And some of them are pretty crazy. But you were talking about he hate me. Um, I think we're just kind of nostalgic because Rod Smart was an incredible story. I remember at the time when it was happening, everyone was pretty confused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you remember some? I, I just Googled some of the names. So here, here, here's a few of them. Death Blow. <laughs> Don't remember that one. Big Daddy. Nope. <laughs> uh, D-Day. And oh Tater. Tater? <laughs> Mark Tate. What, was his awesome. teammate Tater Tot? <laughs> That's awesome. Actually, you should Google Big Daddy um, from from the original XFL, Jerry Crafts. He he looks like the big show from, from wrestling. He he's he's a he's a fucking unit. That's awesome. Oh man. <clears throat> but yeah, so I, I think we're just kind of nostalgic for the nicknames. I don't think they actually did anything for this. <laughs> <laughs> right. We just remember that one that was good. Yeah, <laughs> you he that was one good, guy? man. He had a great NFL career. Sure, that- oh, I loved him. He he was on my my list of uh, kick returners. I always used in Madden. There was him. There was um, ninety eight speed Rod Smart. Who was who was the 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 skier who ended up being a kickoff return guy? I can't remember. Like Bloom was it Bloom that went to like Colorado and was an Olympic skier, and then Jer- I think it was Jeremy Bloom. He had, like ninety five yeah. speed. Yeah, yeah like that was right. my guy. And then uh, what was it? Uh, Tim Dwight, another one of my my go-to kick returners. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, like just looking over these guys, even even the last iteration, like it didn't even last for an entire season. And it gave birth to P.J. Walker. Um, it, it Like P.J. Walker played almost the entire season for the Panthers. Like he, he's played like nine, ten NFL games now. Like it, it is it's it's going to be fun. And and there are some names on here. Like remember Ra- Raquel Armstead? Do you remember when he was the darling of he was one of these guys that just ran, rose up out of nowhere in fantasy and everyone thought he was going to be the starter for Jag, the Jack Jacksonville just two years ago. Yep. Yep. And then uh, James Robinson ended up taking the role and never gave it back because Raquel Armstead couldn't stop getting COVID. Yep. <laughs> He got like four times in one offseason. Dude, uh, you were talking about PJ Walker. How can you forget about the legend Taylor Heineke, who yes. didn't even start in the XFL? He was Great the point. second string quarterback in the XFL and yep. went on to become a guy playing against Tom Brady in the playoffs and almost fucking beat him. 
Like Heineke is a dog, and that guy was a second stringer in the XFL. So you definitely are going to see NFL GMs and scouts at all these games. And that's why you're seeing some of these guys from the NFL drop down to the XFL because they can put something on tape and get a payday. And that's what it's all about, the next, the next check for a lot of these guys. Yeah. Also, we have the, uh, the, the origin story, Corey, uh, Cody Latimer from the uh, Broncos who started this long line of guys who you thought were going to be good for the Broncos as a wide receiver and just didn't do shit. Yep. So kind of the, the originator of this, this like long thread all the way through uh, Jerry Judy who can't stay healthy. <laughs> there are so many guys though that I, I think they just needed uh, like a rebirth, like a second chance. Like sometimes like the NFL is pretty much like, here you go. You're 22 years old. Show us everything you got, and if you don't cut it, like you're cut, you're you're gone forever. I I I, I love the concept, and I can't wait to see Ben DiNucci come and start for the Vikings in 2025. <laughs> Watch out, Kirk. <laughs> I just but, uh, uh, I was just looking at something, and I saw uh, AJ McCarron ready to set, ready to get back on track with the St. Louis BattleHawks. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, that's it's his wife, right? That they spent like the entire national championship game, like yep. like zoomed in on the on the stands. It was Brett Musburger busting a nut on yeah. freaking. The, <laughs> oh my oh god! My, oh my goodness! Did you that guys, is the horniest. Yeah, oh, beautiful woman. <laughs> beautiful woman. It's like beautiful. all right, buddy. You shouldn't have taken the little blue pill so early tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Take it down a notch. You should call a doctor. It's been five hours. (laughs) So probably the craziest thing you can do in the XFL's new rules is after you score, you have three different ways to get the ball back. You can do a traditional onside kick or you can do a fourth and 15 on your own 25-yard line. So you get one play, fourth and 15 from your own 25-yard line. And if you convert that, you just have the ball again. Like that's, that's that, that that rule is pretty. I fucking I kind of love that rule. I really love that because I know something like that has been floated for the NFL rules committee a couple times. Um, I I always thought like the XFL would do best if it, it formed some kind of official partnership with the NFL. Yeah. Um, and got you know some subsidies out of that, some support out of that, and I think. The NFL could treat the XFL like, you know, like like Major League Baseball treats the Atlantic League and just basically try new rules out. Say, hey, this is the things that we're considering doing the NFL. We're not going to do it with real players and real games. But, you know, you you idiots can go, you know, see if this works. And I think that that rule in particular is one that's always been intriguing to me, because if you look at like this, the, the rate of a successful onside kick, it's like right around the same percentage converting a fourth and 15. So. I think it's a much more exciting play. Like, you know, a, a, an onside kick is a, a two or three second play. Half the time, a guy touches the ball before you can, or it just rolls and he falls on it. Nobody, there's never like an actual hit. Like, fourth and 15, that's an exciting play. Like, let's get that in the game. Imagine yeah. the gimmick plays that these offensive coordinators are going to come up with on a fourth and 15 like that. And the game's on the line. And we're definitely going to see a game where a team converts that, scores, converts that, scores, and ends up winning a game this year. And the NFL is definitely going to be taking notes. Whether they're in a partnership or not, all the ideas are going to be out there. And the For NFL, sure. they're, they're definitely going to be all over it. Honestly, honestly, if anyone can forge a relationship, it's it's The Rock. Um, and I, I kind of want to see it. I think ultimately the USFL and the XFL will – because the USFL has a much better model just because it's so cheap for them to run. Um, I could see them merging 
uh, and and becoming just a minor league team, which I think would be really awesome. Like everyone would get super into that, and it doesn't cost the NFL pretty much anything. So why not do it's it? It's got a uh, like a like a flashback or like a just like a cutscene in my head of the Rock and Roger Goodell sitting in a suite together, just being fake as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the only major sports organization I know that doesn't have a minor league like that. I know they have like international affiliate programs and things like that, but they don't have a full on league affiliation as you're talking about, you know, something like the NBA G League, things of that nature that have these gateways to do it. So it's definitely exciting to see. Right. Right. Um, All right. Anything else about the XFL? I think uh, honestly, I'm kind of proud of the preview we did. It's pretty, pretty good. In terms of XFL previews, it's not as good as the XFL deserves. So, yeah. <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot better than what their headshots are on their website for the players. So, one last bit if you want to go on and check out the headshots, uh, I think they had these guys send in their own taking selfies in their apartment buildings because this is fucking <laughs> hilarious. Honestly, the XFL dropped the ball by not by not keeping the Vipers in Tampa because they would have had an, a built-in sports memory uh, marketing crew. We, we got so into them last night. It was fucking hilarious. We got front row seats. Made um, signs. Like literally signs. Like, can, like canvas plastic signs. Oh, my God. We made T-shirts. We, we got so fucking into that shit, and it was a blast. I don't regret a second of it. No. Uh, um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of excited, and this is what I'm really pissed off at the state of Florida because if anything can spruce up a possibly mon- mundane sport like the XFL, it's Vegas gambling. So, um, hey, if you're not doing anything this weekend and you got $1,000, you want to make it a really fun weekend, throw $1,000 on a few random XFL parlays and just watch the weekend take off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe grab some Coke, too. Um, <laughs> so, shower thoughts? Yeah, uh, let's start with the more grounded, sane, reasonable one, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was was I saw an article of a production company that's partnering with WB again. And his uh, the, the head of that small like, production company basically said his first two kind of orders of business are a I Am Legend sequel starring Will Smith and, and Michael B. Jordan and Constantine 2. <laughs> <laughs> God. Constantine 2, which grossed in its original run, the, the first movie grossed like 230 million worldwide, like not a lot. Um, and I was just thinking, like, I'm so fucking tired of like retreads and sequels and <clears throat> reboots. And like, I, I don't, I, I know what the cause is, but I really miss those like 35 to 70 million dollar movies. I think that's why you're not seeing like any of the comedies you used to see. You're not seeing any of those like those mid tier movies. It's literally all like, a24 and indie stuff or the mega blockbusters and there's like nothing in between and it just really sucks uh golden age of tv series i mean tv series are is, is better than they've ever been but god i i miss like that mid-tier movie does jaden smith make an appearance and i am legend too yeah he's gonna play the dog yes <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's already greenlit right that's going forward the both those yeah, I think that's the first one. I, I don't know if I don't know if I, I know they're they've green lit like a sto- like writing the 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 screenplay for Constantine two, but I don't think they've gotten like the principal photography or anything like that. But I think I Am Legend two is like in principal photography, so yeah, that that one's moving. 
But I mean, you said it. The originality is dead with these movies right now. And I think you don't see the comedies. You hear the people that starred in some of the best comedies that we have ever seen. You know, Tropic Thunder, things of that nature. And the actors tell you flat out, nobody will make these movies. And there's a lot of actors that do want to make funny movies and, and edgy movies. Yeah. But the big productions won't do it. And it's a threat of cancellation or whatever it is. I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not that. So they, so someone asked Matt Damon, like what's happened to those movies? Like that, you know, Goodwill hunting is a perfect example. Like that's like kind of like that mid tier movie. Uh, they convinced the studio to take a chance. They made it for, I think it was like $35 million. Um, and what's happening is just the shrinking of the actual like cinema audience and things that are going and releasing immediately to streaming services where streaming services want either either want a small budget movie with a small audience or a large budget movie with a large audience like those two things have to line up and they don't know how to predict medium like size audiences they either want to appeal to everybody or appeal to a niche group and you get 10 million dollars to make it uh so you're getting indie movies are as good as they've ever been low budget movies are as good as they've ever been foreign films everything everything everywhere all at once is is fucking amazing so the originality is there it's just that mid tier of movies. Like there's just, and unfortunately that's where comedy sit because, you know, comedy stars are, are, they, they, they do, they have other followings. They have other ventures and avenues and revenue streams. Like it costs, you know, if you want Adam Sandler in a movie, it's going to cost you like $10 million. So you run through that indie budget so fast that you're sitting in this bandwidth that nobody really has an appetite for. And it fucking sucks. But that's why standups dominate and it doesn't require that huge budget, right? You just got a guy on a, and there's on no, a, yeah. on a stage with a mic and you get, just need good camera work and it's not as much money to do so. Cause I think standup comedy is, hasn't been this good in a long time. Like I have, I thought I've had like just one or two favorite comics. I feel like right now I have eight, nine guys, dude, that are just awesome and dominating the sphere. So comedy is still out, out there. It's just not in the cinematic form. I agree with you there. And it's also the end of like DVD and VHS. Like you used to be able to count on that secondary stream. You're going to sell a bunch of DVDs. Nobody buys DVDs anymore. So now that that's gone, like there's no guarantee that if a movie flops in in the theater, comedies like typically flop in the theater. Well, gotta be in the contract. Ton of copies on the, in the DVD on the back end. Like, I mean, it's even, you know, we'll look somewhere else besides uh, comedies. Like when's the last time you saw a rom-com because they sit in that same bandwidth at like $70 million range. Netflix all over the place rom coms for right, days because but, they're making them for fucking dirt cheap. But what, what I was pre selling them. But what I was going to tell you though, Tom Cruise had it in his contract with with uh, I can't remember if I think it was Top Gun or Mission Impossible. I think it was Top Gun where they were not allowed to stream it or whatever, release it straight to streaming. So like, look it up, Scarlett Johansson. No, it's had Top Gun. That's why. That's why yeah, I had yeah. to watch Top Gun trailers for fucking two years. Yeah. And so <laughs> Scarlett Johansson got fucked over on her movie, uh, Black Widow, and they released it straight yeah, to streaming, yeah. and she wasn't supposed to. They, it's really messy with what you're talking about, and hopefully they can clean up the contract stuff, and you will see more mainline people and bigger movies hopefully come out. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you're <clears throat> you're right. This this. Uh, studios are taking less swings on on comedies and it is it is a travesty i do think it's just kind of evolving um you're seeing more comedy miniseries like i I think about a movie like uh, it's one of my favorite comedies of all time i love you man uh came out in 2009 right right around in that time period you know super bad came out in like 2006 like if super bad had been written today who knows if that movie ever even gets made? And then, and so, so you're, you're really right about what you're saying. But I think like if somebody would have wrote the script for I Love You, Man, which is just a fucking genius script, uh, one of the funniest movies ever made. 
Um, I think what they would have done is they would have probably just tried to stretch that into like a five or six episode miniseries, um, which you're seeing you're seeing a lot more of, and and studios are still picking that up. But you're you're definitely right. Like like Super Bad doesn't get made today. Um, maybe A twenty four picks it up, but unless like bigger you know um, indie companies come out that aren't named A twenty four, like I don't know. I, th- I feel like we're probably missing a bunch of shit out there. Um, but I do think now that now that it's been a few years, I have a feeling 2023, 2024, and 2025 are going to be banger years for film because we're 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 seeing you know all these all these uh, production companies in full swing again, and th- there's a lot of sc- scripts never stopped writing. So um, I think we're just going to see like an offloading of co- of content, and I think it's going to be pretty great. Have you have you seen Jojo Rabbit? I have, yeah. So that movie is a perfect example. That movie like was in production hell. It wasn't going to get made. It had all the markings from the outside looking in of just a failed movie because like the you know the production hell. And, and once you see that like production start to drag, you're like this is going to be bad. Like they're you know they're they're moving around. But what happened was Fox Searchlight didn't want to run it because it was still under the Disney umbrella, and that where that's where Disney hides their their R rated stuff is on Fox Searchlight. And it was bouncing around from different studio heads and, and people like didn't want to take a swing on it because it was a, you know, 65, a $65 million movie. So like we were that close to that movie not get being made. And like that's a perfect example like in that band. Well, a lot of people actually hate the premise of that movie and think that the, the concept of like softening Hitler's image, like by making him almost like a comedic character is a bit is a bit questionable i fucking i I thought jojo rabbit was was great and taika watiki until the latest thor can do no wrong yeah i think that movie gets a bad rap too but anyways (laughs) i don't want to get off too much on a tangent on on the thor um i just i think if you if you if you so start on thor that whole movie is told through the lens of korg who's like a fucking bumbling idiot so like i think that's why it's so goofy and like campy because it's like from Korg's point of view, he's narrating it through the whole movie. So I think yeah. if you look at it in that light, it, it it's better. Uh, I think that's kind of a cop out because okay. uh, R- Ragnarok was so different. I, sure. I think I, I think that's an explanation for why it is, and 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 I know that I know. It's I think that's premise. what they were trying, and they they missed. But I don't think it's as bad as some people think. Yeah, and I think I, I think it was a different idea that people didn't necessarily get, and then fucking they swung and missed. But I mean, Christian Bale is still fucking amazing as Gore, the, the God Butcher, in that. Yeah, and I, honestly, I enjoyed it. It's I, at no point in the movie was like this is boring or anything like that. But um, the chemistry between like uh, Chris Hemsworth and, and Natalie Portman was just awful. And honestly, yeah. Natalie Portman as a whole, whole was just kind of bad. Yeah. Um, I didn't. And and uh, it, Taika Waititi, I think, has hit his peak with this with, with that movie. Like he officially has found what is too silly. For his genre. Yeah, like, I think like, he, he found the end of that leash that, that studios are going to give him. <laughs> yep. Because I'll bet when he was pitching his 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 idea for Ragnarok, people were like, this is fucking no way. Like, this yeah. isn't yep. this is way too wacky and off the wall. And he's like, no, trust me, I can make it. And then now with this this next movie, they probably didn't restrict him as much because they're like Ragnarok is. I mean, to me, Ragnarok is still the greatest Marvel movie ever made. It's, it's the most watchable, uh, yeah. rewatchable movie they've ever made. Uh, so with this new one, when he's writing the script and like like helping out helping out with everything, like they're probably almost didn't even give him any feedback because they're like, well, he fu- he, d- he did it with the last one. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. But yeah, he's got some bangers too outside of the Marvel space. Hunt for Wilder People. It's great. 
Uh, yep. What we do in the shadows, great. Uh, he, he's a, he's a, he's an interesting dude for sure, and he's Jewish, so like you know he you know he can do whatever he wants. He can be Hitler, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Kurt. Oh man, where do I start? Uh, for- <laughs> First, first off, you know, um, not to get all too serious, but shout out to the people in East Palestine with the train derailment and what's going on there. Uh, did I found people there in that area? Get the hell out of there, in my opinion. Evacuate immediately. Get the uh, fuck out. Whatever anybody's telling you, government wise, things are safe. Whatever. No, dude. There's thousands of fish like dead in the streams right now. Chickens dead in the area, and uh, those people just got to get the fuck out. You know me, conspiracy, Kurt. So uh, it leads me right into another way just not to trust the government. And uh, something I was thinking about in the shower here recently, uh, Project Bluebeam. And I believe it has been implemented on us now with all the UFOs and all the, the balloons being shot down. I mean, dude, we've had like four or five incidences now of shit getting shot out of the sky. And there was a Canadian journalist, Serge Monast, I guess I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. They do a uh, French Frenchies up there in uh, America's hat. But in 1994, uh, he said that there was a new world order conspiracy to have a fake alien invasion, basically. And it would start with four steps. And the first step is targeted earthquakes, which oh, what just happened in Turkey. That's kind of fucked up. What just happened in Turkey? <laughs> craziness. And what would happen under these earthquakes? This guy predicted it in 1994, so don't get mad at me. Well, so, I mean, what- hey, <laughs> listen, listen for a second. It's going to unearth unknown civilizations like that were so many, whatever, thousands of years old that are going to question all religions in the world to make everybody question their religions, whether it's Christians, Muslims, everybody. Step two, they're going to use holographic laser projections. And this is all NASA that's implementing this stuff. Too, so they use the stuff from space to like basically throw everybody off and use different types of stuff to fake an alien invasion. And oh they, I'm telling you, just go down this rabbit hole. I just and, love that. Like, I can just get like a TLDR from 4chan without having to go there. Well, check <laughs> check it out. This was actually one of the most uh, googled uh, search Google engines or whatever. <laughs> during the past whatever weeks with all these ufo and uh sh- shoot downs i promise you it was one of the most searched uh things ever project Bluebeam. but it'll take you down a rabbit hole and it's uh it's pretty wild man it, i've definitely been enjoying it <laughs> this week's conspiracy with so, conspiracy so we think uh, the train derailment fits into that what's that uh no it's just just distrust of the government and what they're telling wow. you they literally released statements that they were doing controlled chemical gas releases and that the air is safe to breathe in the area they did a, a pure release statement of that yeah in, in well, East I mean, Palestine. You, so have you done like any actual research into like what they did that informed me so it's a it's a it's a it's a vinyl plastic compound it's a chemical that they use in, in in production of like plastic goods and what they did was they released the chemicals into like a ditch like a burn pit uh, before, because the train was on fire, so it was either release them and you know decrease the pressure, or turn the train into a grenade, and have train parts and shrapnel flying all over East Ohio. So they released into a burn pit. Obviously, not ideal. Uh, and apparently, this chemical dissipates in the air very quickly, but not in soil and water. So, like, I would not be drinking the water. I would not be eating the food. I would not be touching like the soot debris. 
I would not be living there 100%. So the fact that like the EPA is coming in saying, um, yeah, it's, it's safe. We have these meters in place. I don't trust that shit at all. No. Because like, like then, you ever watch like, the movie Aaron Brockovich in Hinkley, California, well, like they said that everything was safe there too. So oh, she's so. been one of the biggest voices talking mm-hmm. about to the, like she's outcry to the Biden administration what, to do something. Aaron about Brockovich. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the, the problem comes down to, to the rail systems and the fact that people have been saying for like 15 years this shit's going to happen more and more frequently, and they continue to deregulate and deregulate and deregulate. Yep. And precision, uh, precision scheduled rail is a big problem in this too, where they're trying to run these things hyper efficient, cut out all of the the human costs. Um, if if you think about world across the country, how many people do you think run our rail systems that, that transport goods, and they're transporting more and more dangerous goods, so they don't have to run them on you know trucks and highways and stuff. It's like one hundred and fifteen thousand people. Like that's, that's majority the whole of that, country. That's like majority of hazmat transport. Like in Tennessee yeah. has one of the largest hazmat transport rails through there yep. as well. Yep. Like my, and, and they're taking inspections that used to be, you know, the guideline was three to four minutes and they're shrinking it down to less than 60 seconds. And they're not putting, they're doing stock buybacks instead of putting money into infrastructure. You know, the, the company that, that this happened to, they made $12 billion in revenue last year. And all they, did, all, all they do with that money was buyback stocks and lobby the federal government to not have to adhere to regulations they're still using a a brake system like the the brake technology they're using was implemented during the civil war like that that, those are the brakes that stop trains the technology was implemented in the civil war that's crazy aren't the railways i'm asking i have no idea are they like majority owned by the federal government like to a certain no, degree, they, the federal government allows a, what a, you know a natural monopoly, monopoly, just because it needs the infrastructure like telecom does. So they allow there to be fewer telecom companies. There's only 12 rail companies, uh, and in the last 10 years, they've made like 112 billion dollars in profit, and most of it again stock buybacks and lobbying the government. Uh, there's a lot of deregulation of, of things that were implemented. No administration's done enough. Uh, you know, the Obama administration didn't pass enough as far as regulation. To, to clean this up and then the last administration basically stripped all of everything the, the very little things that were passed stripped them all away um and they basically even told like the the rail workers if you remember like two months ago there's a going to be a big rail strike and they told them no you can't strike well this is part of what they're striking like the working conditions and and the fact that they don't get sick days there's fewer and fewer people working longer and longer hours and they're not able to inspect the cars. And it's basically just, this was waiting to happen. And it finally happened. I think it's like the 12th derailment just this year, honestly, but this is getting worse and worse. And this was 150 fucking cars. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, it's insane. When when I was reading about it today, I, I heard all I had to read was people's eyes are burning like in the area and i'm like get the fuck out of there yep. get the fuck yep. out of there and like, the, the governor's like oh the water we have monitor monitors or monitors in 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 place to test the water the well waters are safe everywhere we've tested but i'd still drink bottled water i'm like i want to drink fucking anything no. i want to consume I, would, I wouldn't be in that state i would get the fuck out ask the people of flint michigan how that went hey the water's right. safe and now after a toxic plume yeah no thanks i'm out Yep, okay. they're gonna they'll start seeing exposure cancers in, in you know a handful of years, and it's and it's it's ridiculous. Like, just get the fuck out. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be the first guy in Chernobyl that's like, hey, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I got a third arm. I feel fine. <laughs> Te- teeth are falling out and shit. 
Uh, yeah, yeah it, it sucks, and, it, and it's you know it was avoidable, but you know we do you know, these companies are doing stock buybacks instead. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's all it's all wild, and I, I do I do love that one side or the other. They they love to just all of a sudden like immediately try to try to pin the blame or 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 like say I told you so. There's so much when, whenever ever notice anytime anything happens. It's two sides pointing at each other, going, "I told you so," and they're right. both, Spider- they're both just Spider-Man like fucking meme. idiots. It's right. a Spider-Man meme. You're, yeah. No, you did it. No, exactly. you did it. It is crazy. Like the like the Chinese spy balloon, for instance. For instance, same exact thing. Um, conservatives were taking it that you know Biden is is weak on on national security and all this, and then and then um, when, when this full story came out and they found out like what the that the military had it under control and we're actually like tracking it and like jamming it. Getting more radars. information from it than they were getting from us. Then the left was like, the left was like trying to play it off. Like, Oh look, it was all part of Biden's plan. Which <laughs> right. It clearly was not. Right. <laughs> I mean, it clearly was not his full plan. So it, it is funny how, how it, it, any, you could take any situation and both sides are going to, are going to claim it somehow as a victory. It, it's, yep. it's amazing. The world we live in. It really and, is. But, but sadly, like I, I, in this case, I think whoever tries to weaponize this as a political issue, it's probably going to do those people a favor because it's going to keep it in the news where yeah. if neither side was like trying to score political points off of it, the way that our news cycle works, we're going to forget about fucking East Palestine. When's the last time you heard somebody talk about Flint, Michigan? Guess what? They still don't have clean drinking water. They're all going to tie this into infrastructure, and that's what you're going to see how it always is. We got to get the infrastructure oh, back, and you hear every person we talking do. about We're it. We're a fucking third world country when it comes to our infrastructure. I know, I know. <laughs> but when when do you see any of the money go back? You don't. You just say, you know, not to get too far down political streets, but trillions go over to Ukraine, and we don't even have enough to keep our railroads on. In, in shape so different it just buckets. makes you wonder those are, those are different buckets and the same you know, people who are complaining I, about the money going over aren't they block again that's another another thing just yeah. saying money money going to places where hey we've got a lot of fucking problems right it's it's wild shit yeah yeah we, we don't need to get into ukraine in this podcast <laughs> <Please> <laughs> don't. Uh, my my shower thought of the week is uh holy fuck i just lost it what the fuck was it oh um dude the season of The Last of Us is has been so incredible, but it needs to chill the fuck I out. I can't do it's, this every week. It's getting to a point where it's it's actually like too good. Like the first episode, I told you guys that, that there's a scene in it where he it's between him and his daughter, and pff, I, I it's it's so I think it's the first thing I've seen since my daughter was born of like like a movie representation of like a guy and his daughter and like something crazy happens and like dude i just immediately started bawling like a baby and then i'm like all right sec second episode all right cool a little bit back to normal just killing some zombies and going about going back like side quests third episode a gay love story for the ages what the fuck uh <laughs> but like so well done like i don't even you know i i'm not a love story guy gay or straight and this this was so fucking moving and just a beautiful everyone's heard about it don't need to go into it that's not vegan bacon and then they do another filler they do another filler episode and then this last one and i'm not going to give any spoilers because it's such a great episode but what the fuck man it's so all i'm gonna say is by the end of it you're like why am i watching this show it's it's gotten like so they've they've almost packed in like 
enough epicness and like drama as like a series will ever achieve in its entire like four season run. It's it's incredible, but it's almost like too much. And yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that. They've given us three episodes out of five that are like if you get two of those in like a twelve episode season, you're like, oh, that was a good season. And it's like we're already into like season two of good season of good episodes. Like yeah. it's just there's there, even the filler is just like so much exposition to set up the next fucking punch in the dick. Like <laughs> it's too intense. Yeah, it's too intense for my wife though. She can't watch it. I have to watch it on my own. Like we did the first two episodes and she couldn't even look at the screen. It's she gets too scared with a lot of that stuff. So I've been watching on my own and yeah, uh, uh, Nick Offerman legend. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, 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 it really, Oh man, the, the set, the set design and the, the costume design that the, the bloater from the last episode um, that costume costs five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. Like holy shit! Like, the, what? The, it, it, yeah, it's it's all like they're using all practical effects. Yeah, like it's not, the, it's the, almost it's no the, CGI. They brought the whole team over from Chernobyl. Yep, which is do a, this. Did you, did you guys see Chernobyl? It's one of yeah. the best miniseries I've ever seen. On HBO, I did not watch the series. Oh, dude, I'm almost jealous of you. It you, you should you should watch it. It's it's great. Um, and it, honestly, I didn't know, I, I knew the general details of that, but it, it really goes into it and it's, it's crazy. Like the whole town just fucking dies <laughs> like rapidly. It's, it, it really is wild. Definitely. All right, boys. Uh, any closing thoughts? Fucking A, I missed football already. Uh, baseball is not going to cut it. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning, but XFL, here we come. Do you smell what the rock ex-wife is cooking? <laughs> She's a I'll just say Aaron Rodgers, if you, you're never going to hear this, but if, if by some weird fluke you do, I hope you're finding happiness in the darkness right now, buddy. Like, <laughs> I hope whatever you, whatever you went in there searching for, I hope you get enlightenment. enlightenment. I hope you get the answer uh, and figure out whether or not you love football enough to play next year. Or are you just dragging the, the you know, Green Bay Packers on, holding them by the, the the hand and just dragging them on this journey for was this like six year you've done this, <laughs> and hook it up with the plug, dog. A Rod, hook it up with the plug. At this point, I feel like he almost has like writers. They're like, dude, just bear with me. How funny would it be if you pulled everyone <laughs> that you got to go into a dark room for four days? Here, here's here's what I want out of the Aaron Rodgers situation. I just want a night cam in that room. That we oh, can like, see, like survivor can style night vision, like I'll, I'll, green light. Yeah. I want to see it all. Him sitting there, kind of like you know, contemplative. Um, him getting up to eat because I, I, I assume it's kind of like scrambling around because it, it's it's pitch blackness. So they, they probably have little like like weeds that that show him like around the room and shit. But how funny would it be to see the full night cam image? Like I would watch all four days. Like, I, and, and I want to see it all. I, I want to see him try and take a dump. I want to see some Aaron Rodgers awkward dong, like him pissing in the corner or wherever the fuck he does. Them handing him his food through, like, the slats. <laughs> I think he's the right level of pretentious that he probably is recording this somehow. Just in case he has, like, some kind of, like, genius revelation. Because he goes, he's going to go into this thinking, like, what if I reach enlightenment and have some genius revelation that I need to share with the world? Like, I, I guarantee you he's, he's documenting this somehow. 
I want a done history channel style, and then I want a reenactment with Nick Cage as the uh, playing Nick, Aaron Rodgers. No, Nick Cage as Aaron Rodgers, yes. And, yes. A, and a guy from Ancient Aliens with the crazy hair. And he's like, this is the aliens. Dude, I just want to see an infrared camera on Nick Cage playing as Aaron Rodgers in the darkness. and Just, just like let a dramatic him. reading. Like a little bit less than Wicker Man, but like more than National Treasure. Just let him improv it. Just I want to see just pure improv Nick Cage. This is a reenactment of what we think could have possibly happened in the four days of darkness. Dude, but Nick Cage, you know what? I, I, I should just start writing the script. Like Nick Cage should straight up play Aaron Rodgers at Nick Cage's current age. So like well, they just and, project. And the best thing about Nick Cage is like, he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> he yep. doesn't say no to anything. If you put the script in front of him, he'll probably do it. When I you could write that script up on a notepad tonight and he'd say yes. As much money as he's blown, he's got to. Yo. Yes. All right, boys. Good night.